0: You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius audio podcast. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you would look with me this morning to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, where we're in this series that we're continuing today titled, Did Jesus Really Say That? You know, as we've discovered throughout this series, Jesus didn't pander to the crowd. Nor uh, was he really concerned about keeping everybody happy. He was really concerned about speaking truth. And oftentimes, the truth that he spoke cut. It confronted. It was challenging. And I would say that not only was it challenging in Jesus' day, but I would say even the words that Jesus spoke, many of them recorded in the Gospels, the hard sayings are challenging for us as well. So this morning, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture where Jesus speaks of The challenge of riches and the challenge that comes with the abundance of possessions. Now, right out the gate, this is a problem for us. Because we all want to be rich. Right? Now, let me just take a quick survey this morning. If someone was passing through the sanctuary handing out rich, how many of you would want some rich? If you didn't raise your hand, know this. Jesus looks at the heart. (laughs) Not at the outward appearance, but he looks right to the heart. So let me ask the question again. If someone's passing through the sanctuary up into the balcony and they're handing out rich, how many of you would want some rich? And we, we all would. Hey, this is what I know. The American dream that has so shaped our thinking today, because we are Americans, we're, in, we're uh, influenced and impacted by the culture in which we live. The American dream is this, is we all want more than we have. We all want enough where we can be self-sufficient. We don't want to be God-dependent. We want to be self-sufficient. And so we want, we want more. We all want more than we need and more than we presently have. Not, not that we would want to be like filthy rich or greedy rich or own your own private jet rich, but we would all like to be what? A little richer, a little, uh, to have a little more than, than what we presently have. Now, let, let me say clearly as I can, and I always have to do this when I talk about money and possessions um, money and possessions are not evil, they're not wrong. Would you agree with that? Money's not evil. The problem's not with money. The problem is what we do with money. Matter of fact, there's a scripture in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. You might want to write that reference down. Deuteronomy 8, 18 reads like this. But remember the Lord your God. It is He who gives you the ability to gain wealth. And through that confirms His covenant. So who gives us the ability to gain wealth? To gain riches? It's God. So if God is the one who gives us the ability to gain wealth, then how many would agree wealth can't be bad? Let me, let me say it again. Amen. See if I can say it in English so you can get this. If, if it's God who gives us the ability to gain wealth, and through that confirms His covenant, His covenant with us, and how many of you know wealth cannot be bad? It's good. It's what God wants to bring uh, in our life. See, the problem is not with wealth. The problem is what wealth does to us. The problem is how we respond to wealth. The problem is, is how, we, how we handle the very wealth, the very riches that God brings into our lives. You know, it's been said that, that wealth is like a viper. The viper being a snake, which is harmless if a person knows how to take hold of it. If you know how to hold the viper correctly, now I would never do this, but I have friends who would do this. If you know how to hold the viper correctly, it will not bite you. But if you don't know how to handle the viper correctly, it will bite you and its bite is deadly. And so it's true with wealth. If we know how to handle the wealth, if we know how to handle the riches, then it's not a danger. But if we don't, it becomes a danger. So let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about rich. What is the danger of rich? What's the danger of, of riches? Now, we would, all define, we would all define rich in probably different ways. But it, what would you say are some of the potential dangers of having wealth, of having riches? I'm sorry? So we, we have a tendency within our humanity, we're going to talk more about that in a minute, but Duran's right. We have a tendency to worship This material stuff, to worship money. So I think that's one danger. Someone else. So what are some of the dangers? We want more. So it doesn't matter what we have. We're always chasing after more. We get more and then we want more. Again, back to the problem of our humanity. Someone else. We become self-absorbed. So we become like really like belly button, gazing, like self-absorbed. I only see ourselves. Someone else. Yeah, Mary. Self-sufficient else. Yeah. what Mary said. But I don't need God. I don't need anyone else. I can make it on my own, do it on my own, because I've got stuff. And we could, we could go on and on if we had time this morning and, and i 'm going to I know some of you want to take moms to lunch, and I want to honor that, so i 'm not going to go on, but we could go on and on talking about the dangers of listen that 's why Jesus had so much to say about money and possessions. If you were to take the whole of the gospels and the words of Jesus out of all of the words of Jesus, there was a lot of time he spent talking about money and possessions. Why he knew that we were going to be challenged with this. if you take the whole of the Bible. And the Bible has a lot to say about money and possessions and, and riches. Why? Because God knew that there was a potential that riches and stuff, the temporary stuff of this life, He knew that there was a potential that it could trip us up. And the temporary stuff of this world can mislead us and blind us to our real, our real spiritual need. Listen, our greatest need is not more stuff. Our greatest need is a Savior. Greatest need is not more stuff. Not just to gather more. Temporary stuff. That's not our greatest need. Our greatest need is a Savior. And Jesus has called us to a place of Lordship. Remember, I would, say, I would say it like this. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then He's not Lord at all. And That becomes the challenge in our lives. If He's not Lord of all, whatever all would look like to you, then He's not Lord at all. Well, because you're still in, you're still in control. That's why Jesus spent so much time talking about this issue of money and possessions. He knew that the temporary stuff of this world could keep us from true riches. He knew that the temporary stuff of this life could keep us from the things that really matter. That's why he was like so spot on, so talking about this issue. And again, the issue is not with the money. The issue is not with stuff. Matter of fact, I would say that money and possessions are neutral. They're neither good nor bad. The problem is what? The problem's with our humanity. It's the unbridled pursuit of the temporary things that gets us in trouble. It's our passionate pursuit of riches that can deceive us. Today, we're going to look at a story of a young man who was rich. like He had lots of stuff. And the challenge is, is that... that In his riches, he was so consumed in his riches that that he missed what he needed most. Now, now when we read this story about this rich ruler, this rich young man, uh, and what Jesus had to say about being rich, we always think he's talking about someone else because we're not rich. I mean, if you were to ask, you know, If if I just took a poll here this morning and said, how many of you are rich? Very few of you would raise your hand. You know why? Because you think rich is always someone else. Like, you're not rich, but you know somebody who's rich, right? I mean, like, rich is this moving target. It's like, like we're not rich, but maybe one day we can be rich. Interesting. If, If I were to offer you a job where the salary paid $37,000 a year, how many of you would be interested in that job? Probably not most of you, because most of the people in the room, for most Americans, $37,000 a year as a salary would would be a pay cut. When when I started here in 1995 as a senior pastor of Grace Covenant, my salary was $35,000 a year. So $37,000 a year would be a pay cut for most, but possibly you remember a time in your life when you were making that, and at that time it seemed like a lot of money, and it should. Because did you know if you are making $37,000 a year or more, you're in the top 4% of wage earners in the world today? You didn't even know that. When you got out of bed today, listen, you didn't know that you were in the 4% club. Man, give somebody a high five. You're in the 4% club, the top 4% of wage earners in the world today. You're in that club. If you make more than $37,000 a year. Think about that. CNN, a report, CNN said that 71% of of the population of the world today lives on less than $10 a day. For some of us in the room today, we spend more than $10 a day at Starbucks. Same study went on to say, CNN report, that two out of three people today in the world do not have clean water. We have clean water, running water. For most of us, we probably drove a car to this place today. You have a house that you own or you in the bank own. You went to the pantry this morning. You opened it and you were trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to have for breakfast this morning? You had options. Why am I giving you all these statistics? What I want you to catch before we read this text this morning, when Jesus talk, is talking about rich people, He's talking about you. This is about you. It's about me. Because again, oftentimes when we come to this text and we read this text about rich, we're always thinking, "Well, I, well, I know somebody who needs to hear that. I don't, but, but I, you know, I'm going to write this text down because I need to share this with a few folks who are rich. I'm not rich; they're rich. I, I, I would want you to know, for the room today, we're rich." The fact that we live in the United States of America, we are so we are so stinking blessed. We're rich. So with that in mind, let's read what Jesus had to say. Before I read this, turn to your neighbor and say he's getting ready to talk about you. Go ahead and tell him. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Notice verse 21. This man who has all of these riches. says, all of these I've kept since I was a boy. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Notice verse 24, Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. So in this story, in this story, there's a young man who has a lot of stuff, a lot of goods, but something's missing. That's why he's seeking out Jesus. That's why he's asking. So as I was reading this story, I thought, wow, here's a man who's loaded but lacking. Loaded but lacking. That's that's a a great description of the rich young ruler. He was loaded. He had goods. He had wealth. He had riches. But something was lacking in his life. Here's the problem for the rich young ruler. He was ruled by his riches. Rather than him owning his riches, his riches owned him. They were like lording over his life. They ruled his life. Not only that, because of his riches, he was blinded to the needs of others. Jesus said, so what you have, give it to the poor. Come follow me. And he couldn't do that. Why? Because he couldn't see the needs of others. He was so consumed with himself and the goods for himself, that he couldn't see the needs of others. Not only that, he was living for the temporary and he sacrificed the eternal. He he was so deceived by what he had that wouldn't last. He wouldn't let go of it to receive what would last forever. Consumed with the temporary, missing the eternal. In this encounter, encounter, I believe that Jesus is confronting the deception of, of riches and the depravity of the human condition, the depravity of the human heart. The deception of riches and what riches does to us, and in that, in that, he gives us this hard statement. But listen, folks, as I said earlier, Jesus is either Lord of all or He's not Lord of all. Listen, Jesus, Jesus will not be second. You can you can serve Jesus or you can serve money. Either money will be your lord or Jesus will be your lord. It can't be both. But it calls us to it calls us to a point. Of decision, And that becomes the challenge in these difficult words that Jesus is speaking. Because after he has this conversation with this rich young ruler, and the rich young ruler goes away sad, that's when Jesus says, it's, says these words, listen as I read again, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man, a rich woman to enter the kingdom of God. Now think about that for a minute. The eye of a needle is pretty small. Would you agree with that? Matter of fact, I've got to where I cannot even thread a needle without my glasses. The other day I was I was fishing and, and I was trying. I didn't have my glasses on. I was trying to put the string through the eye of the hook. And I was, I was kept doing this. And then I, all of a sudden I just... I, I just busted out laughing, and I I recall 15 years earlier, I was watching my dad do this, and I was laughing. I thought it was so funny, and now I'm doing the same thing. I couldn't get the line through the eye of the hook. think about the size of the eye of a needle, how small it is. Jesus says it's Easier to get a camel. Now, now, think about a camel. Think about the size of a camel. A camel's like the size of a horse or larger. Jesus said it's easier to get a camel through the eye of a needle than it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus was using this outlandish statement really to, to draw uh, the draw the people to a point of of uh, both confrontation and conclusion and the conclusion was this is it's really difficult to trust in your riches and at the same time get into the kingdom of God why because either Jesus is lord of all or he's not lord at all either you're trusting in the money or you're trusting in Jesus as your master who in this Again, I think Jesus is talking about the deception, the deception of riches. So really quick, let me just give you three statements here about the deception of riches that we can pick up from this text. The first is this. Riches give a false sense of security that can blind us to our spiritual need. In other words, we look at our stuff. I mean, this is what the rich young ruler did. We look at our stuff and say, well, I'm pretty secure here. Like, I have a lot of stuff, so I'm doing okay. I don't need God. I don't need anyone else because I have my stuff. And it's the stuff that gives us this false sense of security. We think it's well with our soul, but it's not. And it, what? it's the stuff, it's the riches, it's the wealth that has deceived us, that's blinded us to like the real need in our lives, to our spiritual need. I think this is just... My opinion, you don't have to believe what I believe, but in my opinion, this is like one of the greatest issues right here in our community, in the Lake Norman area where we live. Listen, in our community, poverty's not the problem. Matter of fact, the poverty rate in the Lake Norman community is 4%. 28% in Statesville, 4% right here in our geographical area. Listen, the greatest problem, the greatest challenge in the Lake Norman community is not poverty our greatest challenge is affluence individuals living here right in our neighborhoods in our community who, who would say this wow life is good look at all that i have i have the house i have the right car i i'm i have the right boat i'm living on the lake i've got the 401k i have all of this woo life is good why do I need God? But the riches can blind us to the reality of our spiritual need. It makes us think, while life is good, it must be like well with my soul because like it's so good. That's where the rich young ruler was at. He, he, was, he was deceived and it was the stuff that gave him this false sense of security. He, here's, a, here's a second danger as we think about riches, a second danger is this, is that, that greed in pursuit of riches will lead us to idolatry. That's what happened for the rich young ruler. What His wealth was his God. His wealth was controlling his life. His wealth, his riches was the priority of his life. That's why he walked away from it. I mean, Jesus says, here's eternal life. And he walked away from it. Why? Because his riches owned him. Because riches became an idol. The greed became idolatry. And the same thing can happen in our lives. And maybe you've never thought of greed as being idolatry. So what's greed? Greed is the passionate pursuit of more for your own personal gain or for your own personal benefit. In other words, I need more for me. Not more so I can help more people. Not more so I can do more of God's work. But I need more for me because I just want more. What's that called? It's called greed. And what is greed? Greed is idolatry. As a matter of fact, listen to how Paul wrote this. Colossians 3:5 says, "Put to death." in other words, get rid of whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And he goes on to identify some of these things that comes out of our humanity, out of our earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. That's exactly how the scripture reads. greed. Which is idolatry. See, when we think of idolatry, when we think of having idols in our lives, most of the time we think about, okay, a wooden statue or something fashioned out of metal. And, okay, people are bowing to an idol. And, and that is an idol. But greed is also idolatry. What? rather than bowing to this wooden statue, what are you bowing to? You're bowing to money. You're bowing to possessions, you're bowing to stuff that that's like, it, it, like it's so it's so temporary. But if we're not careful, riches and a pursuit of riches leads to greed, and greed is idolatry. Matter of fact, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6:24. He says, "No one can serve two masters. Either you're going to love one and hate the other. You're going to be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money." Here we are. We're back to this. You're going to have to make a decision. Is it God or is it money? Is it God or is it riches? Who's going to be Lord of your life? Here's, I think, a third danger. As we think of, of the deception of riches, it's this. The pursuit of riches can cause us to be consumed with the present and sacrifice the eternal. So we're so living in today, for the moment... I'm gathering for the moment. I'm living in this day, not thinking about tomorrow, not thinking about eternal. I mean, that's that's what happened to the rich young ruler. He was so he was so consumed in the day and the riches of the day that he walked away from what would last forever. He walked away from that which was eternal. Matter of fact, if you look back to verse 23, twenty three, eighteen twenty three, the scripture says when he heard this. When he heard the, the words of Jesus, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. It was his love, it was his love for riches, that caused him to be consumed with the present and miss the eternal. I, I love the words of Jim Elliot, missionary Jim Elliot, who said, "He is no fool who gives what he cannot gain. Excuse me, who who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose." He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose see if we're not cautious and careful the same thing that happened to the rich young ruler could happen to us and, and it's so deceptive we can get so caught up in the moment the day okay I'm building this retirement i'm I'm building I'm building this self uh, this net worth I'm Again, so deceptive, but we can get so caught up in today that that we forget about eternity. And we're not making right choices. Hey, the reality is, and we don't like to think about this, but the reality is one day we're all gonna die. It's true. One day the same thing's gonna happen to us that happened to my friend Dr. Bob this past week. Dr. Bob, good man, godly man, veterinarian. Veterinarian, he uh, went out on Wednesday, worked his day, made his calls. Saw his customers, finished his day, came home, dinner with the family, took a shower. About 10 o'clock at night, sat down on the bed, massive heart attack and like that. Life was over. 68 years old. It was Wednesday evening. On Thursday, he had all kinds of calls to make. His appointment schedule was full, but he never made it to Thursday because he took his last breath on Wednesday. And when Dr. Bob took his last breath, at that point, it didn't matter what he owned. didn't matter what he had accumulated. really didn't matter what he had like put his investments in. What mattered was his relationship with Jesus Christ. What mattered is how he had invested in the things of God. That's what really, what really mattered. And it's, it's, it's the same. For, what we don't want to do is we don't want to be so caught up in the today and the temporary and the amassing of stuff that we lose sight of eternity. We don't want to just live for today. We want to live for eternity. So, so, so what can we learn from this hard saying of Jesus and, and the bad example of the rich young ruler. I think there's three things and I'll, I'll leave you with these. As followers of Jesus Christ, first we want to seek the blesser or not the blessing. The blesser or not the blessing. And what, what I believe is that God wants to bless us abundantly. I believe that our God is good and he wants to bring good things to our lives. I believe our God is good and he wants, out of his goodness, he desires to flow into our lives. And oftentimes that that manifests in material ways. God is the one who brings blessing. In the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, the prophet Malachi, speaking of the broader context here, is honoring God with the tide, giving God that first place, that first priority. But but in that passage of Scripture, Malachi chapter 3, listen to what God said. This is a direct quote from God. God says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have room enough for it. Listen, our God is a God who desires to bring his blessing in our lives and for our lives. But we never want to seek the blessing. We want to seek the blesser. We want to seek the one who brings the goodness into our lives. Listen, if you get caught in in seeking the blessing, it will will mess you up. It will have you on the wrong road, going in the wrong direction. So what we always want to be those who seek the blesser, to honor God in our lives. And as He brings blessing into our lives, then we we want to be those who allow that blessing to flow through our lives. So what we're seeking the blesser, not the blessing. Yeah, I think, secondly, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're called the lordship, not hordeship. Lordship, not hordeship. I want you to notice this scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse, verse 17 and 18. They, they have it on the screen. So, so follow, follow along as I read this. Tell those who are rich. So who, Who's rich? We are, right? So we, this scripture is about, about you, right? It's about me. Tell those who are rich, so I'm telling you right now, okay? Tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Money cannot be trusted. They should put their trust in God. He gives us all we need for our happiness. Verse 18 goes on to say, tell them. Tell them to do good. To be rich in good works. They should give much to those in need and be ready to share. So what's what's God calling us to? He's calling us to lordship, not hordeship. In other words, Jesus Christ is going to be Lord in my life, and I'm going to take what he brings into my life, and I'm going to use it to be a blessing to others. Jesus Christ is going to be Lord of my life. I'm submitted to Him. I'm not submitted to money. I'm not submitted to things that are temporary that's going to pass away. I'm submitted to Jesus Christ. And as He brings riches into my life, and I'm rich, you're rich, as He brings riches into my life, I'm not going to hoard those. But as the Scripture says, we want to take what God's given us and we want to share it with others. We want to be rich to others as God has been rich to us. So what? As followers of Jesus Christ, we're embracing lordship, not hoardship. I'm not gathering just for me. I'm not hoarding, gathering more. No, I'm using what God's blessed me with to be a blessing to others. So as followers of Jesus Christ, we're embracing lordship, not hoardship. Finally, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to use money, not worship money. Use it not worship it. As I said earlier, money's either a tool or an idol. In your life, money, possessions, things, stuff, however you want to define it, it's either going to be a tool or an idol, and it's your choice. Will it be a tool that you use well, or will it be master of your life? See, if we view money as a tool and we steward it well, not only will we be blessed But we'll be a blessing to others. We'll honor God. And God will both honor and reward us in this life and the life to come. If we use money as a tool. Just a tool. But if we worship money and it becomes the pursuit of our lives. And the money becomes an idol. And at this point, we've elevated things. We've elevated money above God in our lives. And if you do that, listen, like the rich young ruler, you're going to walk away from what you need most in life. It it will wreck you. So as followers of Jesus, may Jesus be our master and may we use money wisely to accomplish His purposes. We don't want to be like the rich young ruler who was so ruled by the stuff that he walked away from the one who had the ability to give him life, abundant life and eternal life. He walked away from it. Why? Because the riches owned him. The stuff owned him. In the year 1968, it was actually June the 14th, 1968, so we're going back a few years, Time Magazine had a picture of a young boy, David Kennedy, who's sitting outside the White House. The picture had been taken by his Aunt Jacqueline um, and his Uncle John, who John Kennedy President of the United States had written the inscription on this picture of this young boy sitting outside the White House. Written these words, a future president inspecting his property. Roll the clock forward. David Kennedy, although he had name, he had status, he had wealth, he had all that money could ever buy. 1984, David Kennedy was found dead by his own hands at the age of twenty-eight. As I was reading that story, I thought, wow. Money can buy things, but it cannot buy life. Amen. Money can enable you to gather possessions and stuff, but it can't bring you the peace that you long for. Money may give you title and position. But it can't bring you eternal life. Only that is possible. That's why Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because the tendency is in our humanity, what do we do? We worship the riches. We worship the stuff. And we turn away from the only way we can be saved. The disciple says, wow, that's impossible. Like we could never get a camel through the eye of a needle. And Jesus says, I know. So it's impossible for a man to save himself. So it's impossible to chase riches and worship riches and at the same time worship Jesus. They were shocked. I went, wow, that's impossible possible and Jesus said this what's impossible with man is possible with God listen there's only one way of salvation and it's Jesus Christ so I leave you with this don't allow in the affluence of our community in the affluence in your own life because we're all rich we've defined that we're all rich listen don't allow rich to deceive you and take you away from what you need most. May Jesus be your master, not money. Would you pray with me, Lord? I, I thank you this morning for this hard saying, for this for this truth that challenges us, Lord. For we are rich, and Lord, we recognize you as the source. As Lord, we thank you. We thank you for rich that you've brought to our lives, the wealth that you've brought to our lives. But Lord, we also understand the reality of our humanity. Lord, I think this is probably a challenge for all of us in the room today. I know it is for me, God. I'm just being honest. My tendency is, is is I always want a little more. I want a better truck. I want another cow. I I, I want another piece of property. God, that's, you know my... Humanity And Lord, I, I think what I struggle with, God, I think if people are honest here today, most of us do. So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I invite you in this moment to, to convict, to challenge us. Holy Spirit, would you, Lord, if there's anything in our heart that we've elevated, Lord Jesus, above you. It's about possessions and material stuff and money. If it's, if it's there, Holy Spirit, reveal it. Lord, this morning, we simply repent. If that's you today and you would say, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of chasing after stuff and pursuing stuff and money to the point that it's become like an idol in my life. If that's you today, I invite you to simply do this. Say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for the depravity of you, my, of my humanity. Forgive me for my wrong pursuit. Today, we simply say, God, we, what we need is you. We don't need more stuff. We need a Savior. We don't need a lot more riches. Lord, what we embrace today is your Lordship. Your Lordship of our lives. Holy Spirit, I, I ask that in the coming days, because, Lord, this is not like something we, we, we deal with in a day. This is not something we die to in a day. It's it's the ongoing, it's ongoing walking out, ongoing working out in our lives. Holy Spirit, in this coming week and in the coming months, may we use money well as a tool, but not worship it as an idol. May we live out riches. May we enjoy, as Lord, as we look to Your Word, You bring goods into our lives for our enjoyment. That's what we just read in the Scripture. But may, may we not get caught up that we're we're putting our trust in that. But Lord, may we find ourselves consistently, continually submitted to you. Lord Jesus, may you be our master. Not the money. I pray these things in Jesus' name.